1: If you are looking for Christ to come, but you do not have Christ where it matters in your home, then the Christ that is coming will not be your friend.
0: That's Pastor Michael Tanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. We're continuing in the Revelation series, and we're up to a message entitled, The Voice of the Vision. And we'll bring you the first portion of that broadcast here today. And remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at ReachingHearts.org slash video. That's ReachingHearts.org slash video. Let's join Pastor Mike now with the voice of the vision. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Dear Father, what a
1: privilege to be in the last days of human history where faith is not a slogan, faith is a calling to hear the voice of Christ, to see the vision of the resurrected Lord, and to believe and to move forward based on his presence in our lives. Father, I've never been through an experience like I have at Reaching Hearts. I'm just grateful that you brought me here. I'm grateful for every single trial I've been through. Father, I am by nature a weak need person, a person that is, would just soon avoid conflict and enter into it. And Father, I'm not the kind of person that would stand before councils and stand before judges and stand before rulers in these last days because I just am not. And Father, you have created within this church a context for faith growth and Lord, a brilliant challenging of faith where I have been able to grow as a very weak pastor here. And Lord, in the strength of Jesus, I'm grateful for what you have done for us. So before I open the pages of Holy Scripture, before we move one minute forward into the future, I want to thank you for the minute we have right now in prayer. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we haven't had a television at our house for many years, and we don't plan to get another one in the future. Now, I don't believe that TVs are intrinsically bad, but I do believe that some families would do a whole lot better without them. And our family is one of those families. After struggling with numerous attempts to define what is appropriate content for children and parents, we decided it just frankly wasn't worth the struggle. It was taking so much of our little family's faith time, family time, and energy to focus on that box. We decided to get rid of it. So we just threw out the television set. Now my sons, they like, you know, throwing rocks and putting holes in things like that. So I don't know how to end it ended, but it's gone. And I decided... Kind of as the father of the family, I decided that I would go fishing with my boys and take them camping rather than sit in front of that IQ buster box. I think they call it the idiot box sometimes, don't they? Now, I didn't come up with that. That's what they call it. That has become the home deity of the modern house. I mean, let's think of it. God in the Old Testament said, You shall not bring an abomination into your home. And yet the fact is, it's pumped through the airways into the modern homes of our country. It is a challenge to faith in the church, and I just think I'll say it today without playing around here, the glowing box that draws you in and traps your mind within and your family's mind into dysfunctional patterns of watching other people play, watching other people live full lives, watching other people exercise as you sit down and eat popcorn or something worse, as you add pounds to your life instead of adding vigor to your life. You know, the ancient Greeks built gymnasiums to create laziness. Did you hear me? You didn't know that, did you? The ancient Greeks created gymnasiums so a conquered people would stay conquered. And they built them in Palestine so the people of Palestine would not revolt and lose the rule of Greek rule. Wherever they were afraid of an uprising, they built a large sports gymnasium to turn men into sports stars instead of soldiers for their country or soldiers for their God. You know, It's hard to develop the masculine skills needed for survival and the outdoor discipline it takes to create real manhood in our culture when your manhood is defined by cheering crowds stupefied inside a sports arena instead of... Interacting with the world. Now we are living in our country in a time when men in the country are asking the question, how do you defend a country when their adversaries are willing to go through such extreme limits of pain and suffering to defeat America? Teddy Roosevelt set aside the great national parkland so young men could become men in this country. It's been many years since we made the decision to set aside the TV and professional sports for the pursuit of the great outdoors with fresh air living. Boy, I just want to take a deep breath. The great outdoors. And I, I don't regret it for one minute. My boys grew up in the city, and most people think they grew up in the woods. Well, they did. You know, Have you been to the property, the church property? How many of you have walked our church property? Our kids have grown up in the woods in this church, even though we have not had a gymnasium or anything like that. Our kids have enjoyed this property as a piece of the great outdoors. You walk it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, they gather, they pray, they, they have these Frisbee games. I see people coming from the neighborhood. And then they're coming to the church here too. Did you know that? Because people get out, share their faith in the fresh air. That's a lot better than just watching TV on weekends. Now, you may fire me after this sermon. In a way, my boys grew up in the woods because the woods is is just down the street on our church property. Now, on rare occasions... We had cinema night at our house watching computer file episodes of Man vs. Wild with Bear Grylls. I mean, I don't believe in blocking out the entire media culture. We have to be selective as parents to know how to pick and choose the right stuff. So, so we did that. Because we wanted to get better at camping out in the survival situations, we chose to watch selected uh, video pre-recorded sections of Man vs. Wild. How many of you have ever heard of that show? Now, the person who provided this for us was kind of to block out certain things. So we're grateful for that. Now, we don't have a home entertainment system at our house, so we had to improvise on that rare occasion when we watched Man vs. Wild. I would pull out my LCD projector I used for PowerPoint presentations and teaching prophecy. And for the rare event, the boys would scramble to set up power-amplified speakers connected to audio lines with a surge protector and a screen on the other side. And they'd set up this array of cables and lines and everything right there in the living room. Diana loved this, I'm sure because they didn't often clean it up. And they would transform our living room into a theater with surround sound for Bear Grylls. The living room looked like a tangle of IT equipment and electronic wizardry when they were done. I mean, you walked into our living room when Man vs. Wild was being watched. It was something to behold. When there was no screen, they improvised and they utilized the bare wall just over the couch for the large effect in the venue. It would take about 30 minutes to set up the projector and the speakers to watch a single pre-recorded episode of Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild. Now, we chose Bear Grylls' Discovery television show because it helped us develop our our personal survival skills. We camped and we went outdoors. You never know when you're going to get lost in Siberia like Bear Grylls. You never know when you're going to lose your way in the Congo. So you better watch Bear Grylls and practice in advance. I mean, that was kind of the reasoning. I understand they have canceled the show recently. This year, they canceled it, all right? The head's going up and down. So there will be many disappointed young people out there who will miss their outdoor survival fix with the master survivalist Bear grills. Now, when we have spare time, we're all about getting out of the house, not staying in the house. I mean, really using our minds and our bodies. We fly fish, we camp. I mean, my boys have taken me out to camp in the winter. We chose four weeks a year to camp outdoors. That's why the, this show worked for us as an occasional treat. My sons have learned from Bear grills how to make traps, storm shelters, and beds and trees. I have seen them catch snakes with their bare hands. Ooh, you know. They have been, I've seen them catch fish in the stream with their bare hands. Their father knows how to do that too. I don't let them eat grubs and worms like he does. You know, he eats those worms, he kind of crunches them. Nope, that's the limit. We don't go there. But they've eaten some pretty awful things that I don't want to talk about here. Digging it out of the ground the like. Survival. Now, after the half hour or so it took to set up the equipment to watch a Bear Grylls episode, we would finally lie down on a blanket right there together. We'd huddle together with pillows behind our back, watching the show, thinking about how we could go where Bear Grylls has gone. Now after the boys set it all up, I was amazed at just how good the sound was. Their innovations with those little speakers create audio-like surround sound. Now that's important because the computer files that we were using were very poorly put together in the sense it was fuzzy, it wasn't high definition. You had to use your imagination sometimes, but it was adequate. The video was one thing, the sound was another. And without the brilliant surround kind of sound, the poorly recorded episode wasn't really worth watching. The vision of the video depended on the audio... Dear heart, the book of Revelation is a vision or revelation of Jesus Christ. It is a vision of who Jesus is in our world, in world history, and who Jesus is in his story for your life. The Lord of time is the Lord of your personal time in the book of Revelation. And paradoxically, the vision of Revelation starts with a voice that is heard. It starts with spiritual surround sound that comes from behind. I call to Hear in life that must be heard, and a voice that must be seen in time for you to move forward in life. In the book of Revelation, you must hear Jesus before you see Jesus. You must hearken to him before you gaze on him. You must turn around to see the vision that is behind you. The voice of the vision is the voice that introduces to your heart the person who is the Lord and Savior, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. The surround sound of God's Holy Spirit finds John on the island of Patmos before John sees the video prophetic vision of what will be. The audio comes before the visuals in the book of Revelation. And when you see the voice of the vision, when you hear it and you turn to see the voice, the future unfolds for you. Revelation 1 verse 9 I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Now in verse 10, John writes, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You know, people today say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they don't care about what day is the Lord's day. That doesn't make any sense. John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. John heard the voice of Jesus like a trumpet behind him. You know, know, why is Christ's voice like a trumpet? I'll tell you why it's like a trumpet. Because we are so distracted by media, we are so distracted by the pull of our world culture, that Christ has to speak loudly to reach us at times. I mean, the stuff that takes the place of Jesus in our home, the stuff that takes the place of Jesus in our personal life must be removed. And it takes a trumpet call to call us to God in these last days. Now, why did he hear the voice behind him? Why didn't the voice come from his right hand or his left or in front of him? Ask this question. Why did he have to hear it behind him? Let's analyze that. I think I know why. All his life, John was moving forward in time. He had met Jesus. He had walked with Jesus. He had camped out together with Christ. He had fished with Christ. He saw people that Jesus healed. He saw the tender hand of God in the hand of Jesus reach down to elevate the weak and the broken. And when Christ died on the cross, it broke the beloved disciple's heart to watch him die and suffer. So he was with Jesus. He would write that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we beheld the light that was with God. He says in 1 John that the eternal life-giving principle of the deity was manifested in the body of Jesus Christ. He had followed Jesus closely to the cross, and the Christ of the cross was his Christ And he was following him into the future, bearing his own cross. And just before Jesus died, Jesus told John that his time had come to leave the world. And John was sad about that. His Savior was leaving the world. John was there when it happened. The resurrected Christ ascended into the sky, and he was caught up into the clouds of glory as he disappeared from their eye. And he knew the promise that the way Jesus went is the way Jesus is coming that the one who ascended will one day come back. Christ said, and he recorded it in his own gospel in John 14, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. John was a forward-thinking Christian. He was looking for the kingdom of God. He was looking for the future to break into his troubled life, to make a difference. He was looking for Jesus to come. He ends his book by saying, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Now, when you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, it's hard to say, even, come, Lord Jesus. We need to take the one foot out of the world and put both feet in the kingdom of God so that we are forward-thinking. So John was this way. He was looking for Jesus to return. Jo- Revelation 1, seven: Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Everyone who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. John was forward-thinking. He was looking straight ahead into the future for Jesus to come to him. Now, there's one problem with this. I want you to hear what I'm saying. If you're forward-thinking and looking into the future, you can forget that Jesus is right here with you today. Did you hear me? I mean, if you're so focused on eschatology... You can forget the Christology of Christ in which the presence of Christ is with us to the end of the age.
0: Let's continue now with Pastor Michael oxen Tenko in today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: If you are looking for Christ to come, but you do not have Christ where it matters in your home, then the Christ that is coming will not be your friend. In Revelation 1.10, John was in the spirit in the Lord's day, and the Lord of the day was in the day right there with him. The living Lord, the living day, interactive in John's life. John heard the voice behind him because the voice you see in the book of Revelation is the voice that has been calling out to you all your life. It is the voice that the world tries to muffle. It is the voice that the devil would love you for you to ignore. It is the voice. Jesus is the voice that pursues you. He is the hound of heaven that seeks you. He is the one who is not only coming in the future, he is the one who journeys from your past to find you today. Right Right where you live, right here. History is his story for your life. John didn't see Jesus coming out to meet him in front of him. He didn't see him coming from the future. He saw him coming behind him. He heard the voice. He heard a voice like a trumpet behind him. Calling him today to meet him. The Christ of the book of Revelation is the Christ that cares about you right now, today. You know, it is the vision of a Savior who saves you when you pray today. You know, there are three views of prophecy out there. The preterist view is the intellectual view that denies the presence of God and prophecy altogether. For them, the prophecies are just the stuff of the past. The futurist view, which is the most popular view in the Christian church, the dispensationalists and others like it, they claim, "Well, you know, the revelations about that end time antichrist, three and a half literal years at the end—that's it, pretty much." Well, what about today? What about that part of your life when you need Christ right now? What about the trouble before the great time of trouble? Doesn't God care about that too? The Christ of the book of Revelation is the Christ that cares about you today. It is the vision of a Savior who saves you when you pray right now today. It is the voice of a trumpet that wakes you up today so you can turn around and see the living Christ clearly in your life. So John writes in verse 10 of Revelation 1, And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, and to Pergamon, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. The seven churches are mentioned where congregations existed in close proximity to John's core church that he was pastor of at Ephesus. They were churches you would encounter on a road in Asia Minor as you walk the road as a circuit-riding preacher and teacher. In other words, Christ was concerned about his church. And those churches that were in proximity to his church. The command and concern of the voice that is heard is for the seven churches that need the vision. And now think about that. If they needed the vision, does it not apply that we need the vision too? Right or wrong? Absolutely. The book of Revelation is a book that is God's love letter with a call to stop, repent, and turn around and see Jesus, the living Lord. Now the command is clear and direct in the text. The voice says, write what you see in a book. The book of Revelation is not about John or a prophet's power to amaze people. It's not John's personal ideas about Jesus either. It's not John's wishful thinking about the future. It's not his philosophical ruminations of what is truth and how to analyze intellectual truth and impress people with how much you know. It's not a book about prophecy as such, and that may surprise some of you. It is prophecy. There's a big difference. In Revelation 19.10, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It is Christ talking straight to you with a goal to save you for a future coming kingdom right now today. The book of Revelation is Jesus' voice calling out to you. It's a book that calls you when you don't know how to hear very well so the trumpet sound of his voice is heard in life. The number seven in the book represents completeness. That's a biblical concept firmly sound. Seven churches here represent the universal church in the world. The seven lampstands we will see represents the universal church throughout the seven church epics of time, all the way to the end of time. Dear heart, Christ cares about His people everywhere and every day, and at every time to the end of time. Now, how do I know that? Well, I know it from the Bible first of all, but you know I know it here too. Now, think about what's happened to our church. We started out with nothing, right? Am I right? Start out with nothing. I remember hovering around a bad microphone trying to preach. And we've had some microphone troubles lately, but we've enjoyed lots of benefits God has taken care of. Do you realize when we came to Cedar Ridge that we didn't have a place to worship? If we didn't find it within that week, we were finished. And God opened it up, and where did we worship? We worshiped in a tent for a while. Remember that? Out there in the tent before it opened up where we could have a consistent lock on this room seven churches represent the universal church. And what does this mean? Christ cares about his people everywhere and every day in time for the rest of their life down to the end of time. Stranded on the island of Patmos, John was living in the future because he's a prophet. You know, it's easy to be forward-thinking and prophetic and live in the future. And John here was trying to manage a troubled life on the Lord's day when the lesson came to him that is for the church. Now, do you live a life like that? Do you live a life focusing on the t- future, trying to deal with the trouble of your everyday life? The voice says, write what you see. So John hears, hears a voice behind him, and the voice says, write what you see. Friend, God is concerned about what is happening to you today, right now. He sees the trouble you are in. He knows exactly that health challenge that paralyzes your faith. He knows exactly that economic challenge that threatens to take away your livelihood. He knows how what others have done has challenged your self-esteem. He knows that the devil would love to sift you like wheat as he did Peter and throw him away. But Christ says, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have been strengthened, when you have returned, strengthen the brethren your heart. Christ is interactive with your life. You need the eye of faith, not the eye of pessimism. You know, you may have moral failures in your life. You may have letdowns. You may discover faults of character. Why is God doing that for you? Because he is in the process of working out a faith that will not fail when the real test comes in your life. The verb is an aorist imperative verb in the original language. It focuses on the present right now. Write now, write a book. Write a book about things that matter today, is what the Greek says. Don't focus first on the future. Focus first on the needs of my people where they live in real time. So far, John hasn't seen anything at all. There's no beast. There are no prophetic scenes. All he sees is what he hears. So how do you you see when you hear a voice behind you commanding you to write what you see? It's kind of hard. How do you see if you can't see what's behind you? How can you see when you're blinded by your back and you can't see past the back of your head? Now I want to ask you a question. Now if you close your eyes and you roll your eyes way back, when you sleep they kind of go back, you don't see much, do you? But do you realize that when your eyes roll back in your head when you sleep, the movie theater of your brain starts to operate and you can see whatever your mind wants you to see? You see, sometimes we're so, we're so focused on seeing into the future. We're so f- focused on seeing the facts of what we can visualize with our eyes that sometimes we need to close our eyes and hear what's in coming to us from the voice of God and to see what is behind us because what is behind us can lead us into the future. So how do you see when, when you hear a voice behind you, I command you to write what you see? Before John came, one step into the future, he had to go f- do three distinct actions in the present. Number one, John here has to stop and listen to the voice that is behind him that he cannot see. We have to do the same thing today. If you want to see Jesus, you have to stop and listen to the voice of God's surround sound that is coming out to you through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You have to listen. Secondly, John has to turn around. It's not good enough to
0: just hear the voice calling out to you. You have to turn around to see the voice. We'll continue next time with the conclusion to The Voice of the Vision. It's today's Reaching Your Heart, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Again, a reminder, you can visit us at the church for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We'd love to have you there. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road,